The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you would hand his son a stone when he asks for a loaf of bread, or a snake when he asks for a fish? If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good things to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would have them do to you. This is the law and the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Okay, the importance of, of prayer again, right? This is, it's, it's no mistake that we um, kind of cycle through these themes, uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, as we ourselves are uh, committed to those very practices uh, during this sacred time. The church uh, provides for us out of the great store of riches uh, that the, the scriptures uh, are and offer uh, for us today. Uh, you know, this, um, the, the image of, of Esther uh, uh, prostrate before the Lord, uh, begging for his assistance very signi- is very, very significant. Um, I mean, the context of this, not, not all the context of the, of the story. It's, it's certainly a, a book that's, that's worth a read on its own. I'll leave that to you. But, you know, she is preparing to appear before the king without being summoned. And it, uh, someone appearing before the king without being summoned would be liable to his whim would be liable to death. And uh, she's of the understanding that, you know, if she does so, then she will be killed. She's coming before the Lord to uh, to seek His favor. That uh, that her uh, appearing before the King would be fruitful, uh, especially as it relates to uh, the the protection of God's people, who are at the time being persecuted one of, by one of uh, the King's servants. Uh, and God grants. You know her the favor of of the king. She's not she's not killed when she appears in his presence. And and in fact, we are we are uh, I don't know to say we're led to believe we we're supposed to see that God works actually a, 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 an amazing turnaround whereby the king's servant himself is is put to death and the people of God are, are not being any longer persecuted in the land. Um, yeah, I I don't know. There's um. I think I'd read this this morning, an, an archbishop had said something to the effect of, when I pray, I, I see a lot of coincidences. When I stop praying, I no longer see coincidences, right? It's like, do we have the spiritual sensitivity to see where God is at work and, and what he's doing all the time? I think probably not. Uh, and, the, and yet, prayer is something that affords us that that spiritual sensitivity. It also it also affords us actually. You know, the the um, the, the little quote on on coincidences is, is really quite marvelous because it, there's there's something very playful about the idea of coincidences that and we can only really tap into that reality. I know, right? Like coincidences or God incidences. I mean, I don't, I don't know. However, you want to dress it up. Are there really coincidences? And they're like, uh, right. You don't have to puzzle too much on it, but the reality is that, yeah, I mean, this, this is in the realm of our being children of our beloved father, there's something quite playful about the idea of 
coincidences. There's something quite playful about the idea that he has put us in his, in his creation to, uh, to bring his love to life where we are, to, to make us kind of intermediaries between him and what all else he's created. There's really something quite, quite playful about, about that. And I think that you can only uh, kind of live into the reality where there are things like coincidences, wherever you want to put that on, on your spectrum of, of God's providence or the, you know, his, um, his uh, permissive will or whatever it might be. Uh, you, can only put, you can only do that, you can only have that space if you had the recognition that you are a beloved child of God. And that he and that he delights in you, and so oh look oh there's a surprise there's a surprise around the corner. How nice is it that God has provided me provided for me in this way that that I really didn't anticipate? And uh, I I don't know right what what is a surprise and how can how can God's love surprise us where we are now? You know it's not just simply the the expected routine and ritual like I'm doing my thing and then he's doing his thing. There has to be there has to be more to it than that, and of course there is. Right? There's there's a relationship that uh, that affords us the context of doing the more routine and ritual thing here, and but that also provides for us beyond here. Yeah. So our our prayer, and I say here, I mean prayer. So it's not just here. I, I you know we we we're praying at other times than just the one by which we're gathered for, in, in which we're gathered for, um, say, corporate prayer. Uh, but yes, the, the, the idea of, of having uh, prayer at all is itself con a consequence of the fact that we have a loving Father. We have a Father who, who provides for us and, and who delights in us and the rest. You know, but we need dedicated times of prayer in order to really own that reality, and, and, and that reality will, I mean, one of two ways, yeah, it, it will slip from us in one of two ways. One is just, we'll become forgetful of, of God and our relationship and the like. The other is that we'll, we'll make it too transactional, right? So if you don't have both, um, certain dedicated times of prayer where we're able to speak our heart to God and, and go deep with Him, allow Him to, to draw us into His his presence and and work uh, with us into into the depths of, of our heart and our being to give us his healing and his strength. If we do, if we don't have that, and we and we're not and we're not mindful of say or sorry or we're not mindful of uh, his presence and the relationship that we have with him, we're we're going to fall into again for something like forgetfulness, or we're going to fall into a really transactional way of seeing God, none of, none of which is really pleasing to him, right? So when we, when we get to this part of the, of the Sermon on the Mount and we're, we're drawing it to the end, and Jesus has already told us about the significance of prayer. He's, he's here encouraging us to persevere in it, right? to be persistent in our prayer and to ask God for what we need. Yeah, so we, how many, how many of us really, really do this? I mean, every time, I should say, not do this, but do this with some frequency or do this even, even day to day, right? We have so many, so many struggles, so many challenges, uh, so many burdens that, that we have to lift, both, both ours and the people that God has, has, uh, has drawn into our lives. Uh, and, and yet are we coming before Him with childlike trust, knowing that He delights in us, knowing that He wants to give us what we need? Or are we not? And we might not for any number of reasons, right? We might not because we just feel kind of, I don't, like, 
I'm just putting too much on him. Do you know, like, how, God, does he really want to listen to, to my petitions, right? And, and especially we realize all the, all the tragedies and, and, and difficulties that, that the world is facing that are, that are massive, like beyond the scope of, of my problems. We think, well, you know, he's more worried about that than, than he's worried about me. Really? Is, you know, is that it? This is, this is the wrong mentality. You're his beloved child. He delights in you. Of course he wants to hear your petitions. And more, more to the point, he's telling you that he wants to hear your petitions. He wants you to ask him for what you need, for what you want. That's what, that's what he wants. Right? How, how does, I don't, know, I don't want to anthropomorphize the father in this way, but it, how does he feel when, when you're not asking him, when he's asked you to ask him, right? I mean, isn't, isn't that more serious than the kind of reser- the internal reservations that, that we have, or even like the cultural reservations that, that have been kind of bred into us? Like, uh, yeah, we can ask. He's asking us to ask. Yeah, now, what happens, what happens when we ask? Of course, God gives good things to his beloved children. It, the very act of asking, and if we, if we do this in prayer, we're pouring out our hearts to him for, for what we need. And I think that what, what arises in our kind of, um, kind of um, how do we say, hierarchy of needs uh, for us is uh, the things we need to, to enact the mission that God has entrusted to us. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking out at a lot of parents, right? I mean, the, the petitions that you have for your children, they're not, self, they're not well, they, yeah, they, they may have some selfishness in them, okay? But they're not, they're not primarily selfish petitions, right? These are petitions that, these are things that we're coming before God to ask, both for our kids and for us that we might serve our kids, yeah? The, and that, that's a, this is a big part of, of the creation that God is in, the corner of creation that God has entrusted to you. So in order for you to live your mission well in that space, you have to come before him really without, without ceasing as it relates to our kids. And you have to keep knocking on the door. You have to keep searching. Now, you'll find, right, and, and, and we'll find in any number of ways. One is that simply our persistence in prayer, it continues to focus our hearts on what the mission is that God's entrusted to us. Right? We, we are called to be good stewards of his creation, you don't own any part of God's creation. It's not yours. It's God's. You're a steward of his creation. And prayer allows you to live into that reality. And out of the more kind of possessive and, and grasping and controlling reality, can I say that is doomed to fail anyway, right? It, what, what praying allows is for us to be a better vehicle of God's grace in the particular shape that he's made you, okay? So it's not a matter of you just have to be this kind of empty, kind of nondescript hose, and God is getting his grace from here to there. No, God wants to light up your life in the particular shape that that it has. But And then he wants that kind of lit up human being to be in the lives of other human beings to light them up as well with his love, right? So, so to bring his love to life, it doesn't, it doesn't mean strictly self-forgetfulness. That would be the kind of nondescript to get grace from here to there. What it is is self-gift, right? So it, it is having a self, a being a self, but being a self primarily in relation to God. Right, so I'm, I'm a being in relation to God. So this is what, this is what constitutes me as a person. And that person then in relationship, uh, with God is then, uh, pouring himself, herself out 
to the other, to the person that God has entrusted to us. Yeah, so this is, this is the, the, the challenge, I think, of, of, of the gospel, of course, is to be about the task that God has set for us. Yeah, which is, it really, there are, there are two ways to think about it. It's puzzling on it just the other day is we, we are people who are, we, we are beings that are equipped to bring earth to heaven. This is the, this is our common priesthood. We bring, we, we raise the things of earth to heaven. We turn everything over to God in prayer and in praise and worship. But also we are the people who bring heaven to earth. What God is giving us is meant to be poured out into his creation. Yes, yeah, so this, this is the task, and this is the task that Jesus has given us in the Sermon on the Mount, salt and light. This is, this is the same, this is the same thing. And again, it's all animated and sustained by a, um, a, a, uh, a, conne- how do you say, a, a connection, a connection that is established between God and us, that he establishes with us. And prayer is part of the living into that reality of, uh, vibrant and vital relationship with God. So he's setting the task and then he's giving us the means to achieve the task. Yeah. And the, and part of the means to achieve the task is that we are bold and uh, persistent and that we persevere in prayer. If we don't do that with God, our loving and provident father, we will, we will not be able to receive the gifts that he wants to give us, the gifts not only that will sustain us in the task, but will also delight us as well. As he delights in us, we are delighted to serve him, right? We are delighted to be about this task. And he's giving us, right, as he gives us the, the strength of his own life of love to work in us, to renew us, and to work through us to restore his creation, we ourselves are blessed by the fruit of the Spirit, right? That what, what good fruit it is that he wants to give us. And uh, not only give us, but to, but to give us to, to have others feed on as well, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control. Right? These are all uh, gifts and fruits of uh, the fact of, of this uh, vibrant and vital relationship that we have with God that he's again he's call, he's he's making part Jesus is making possible for us today he's calling us into it he's pouring himself out for us it's ours to come before him in that active receptivity right it's very very active here we have to pray we have to pray we have to pray it's active but now we're we're praying and we're eager to receive what it is God has in store for us how eager he is also we have to remember how eager he is uh, to pour himself out for us.